I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly a little bit off my notes here from the beginning. Um, sorry, hello. It's good to see everyone. Uh, welcome. Um, I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to gauge, I'm trying to gauge what God is doing this morning, you know. It's like, um, I actually do think I now, I now really picked up in the spirit this morning, you know, what, what God wanted to do. Um, yet I feel there's a, there's a wrestle for us this morning, for our hearts. And uh, the picture that I felt the Lord gave me while we were in worship is my little one over there. She's, she's a, a year and two months now, something like that. But she's quite a strong-willed person, okay, even for her age. And so we've got the, we've got the mammoth task in our hands now to train her, actually, to, to listen to us, you know. And in the week, I took out our gas heater. And as we were about to switch it on, I remember, look, this is quite dangerous right now because now we've got a crawling baby around here who's trying to touch everything that she can. And, and we're going to need to train her that before she gets hurt, actually, I want to train her, don't touch this thing. It's going to hurt you. Okay? Well, there's other things in the house that she can touch that I don't want her to touch, like my surfboard is standing there. But it's not necessarily going to hurt her. But I, I also want her to listen to me for that. And uh, so we take out this thing, and some risk is like, oh, should we wait till she goes to sleep, and then we can put it on? I said, no, 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 we kick started on this thing now. And, uh, but there was a seriousness for us, you know, to train her when, when it comes to that, to, to, to obey actually what I'm saying. All right? And, and so she's done quite well. She hasn't got close to it, actually, in, in her defense. But there's other things where she's, like, constantly pushing the boundaries. When I've got my glasses on in the morning, she, like, puts her hands out, and she, she wants to grab my glasses off my face. And she knows she doesn't. So then I'm like, Nia? And I, and I, I put her in this. Like, she puts her hand right there. She's not touching it, but she's seeing, she's seeing what I'm going to do. And she, she's like, I tell you, like, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to hurt her, but it's like I, I need to train her to listen to my voice. And that was a scary thing. When we, when we become adults and we our age and, uh, and our lives are in our hands and, uh, and God starts speaking to us, to, to listen, or, or he speaks to us through a person, all right? And it's not always about just a warning that, hey, this thing is actually going to hurt you. Sometimes it's simply to, to obey. It's like, what rises up in us there? Then we're like, hey, I'm an adult now. I can make my own choice here. Yeah. Can I say this morning, and I, I'm, not, I'm not disciplining us, this morning it feels like we're actually coming against something a little bit like that, yeah. Where um, do you believe that God, in His household and in His sovereignty, actually appoints people <laughs> to, to lead us as adults and to say, hey, come here, do this. Um, don't do that. Do, come, come with us as we do this. And, um, and what is it in us? You know, um, as I was reading through, through Acts, you know, um, if you joined us as we, as we did Acts, we finished today. If you, if you missed some of it, um, you've got two days left, you know. But um, those people's lives weren't their own. I mean, we, we're looking at our clock sometimes on a Sunday morning. Cool, I've got an hour left, okay, then I want to be out of here. And we read those books where it says Paul preached through the night till a guy fell out the window, he resurrected him and continued preaching. And, uh, and there's other stories where they begged him to stay, for them, to stay with him, and he stayed with them for days preaching and explaining to them. Is it today, Acts 28, where, where he says they were asking him about a certain sect, and Paul said he stayed with them for two years teaching into them. And um, it's like suddenly you wonder, what happened to this guy's job, man? 
And, uh, and what happened to, to their family life that they had to maintain? And suddenly it's like their lives were just not their own anymore. And um, so um, this is, I want to say this, for me, preaching into this today is incredibly dangerous ground. And, uh, and, and actually, this is the last thing I want to do. But it, it feels like, um, I'll tell you where this came from. On, a, on Thursday night, I, I was, we had an elders meeting, and I was sharing with the guys, you know, something I'm missing with us, and it was for me evident this morning as well in the congregation. As I asked the guys, we were just assessing the health of the congregation, how we're doing in certain areas. And one of the things that I brought up uh, was the area of the prophetic. And I asked the, I asked the elders, how healthy do you think you, we are when it comes to the prophetic? And our take actually is like, at the moment, not very healthy. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because, the, and this is what I was seeing, is like, we've, we've been having words, but the, firstly, there was, there, was, there was one word this morning. Yeah? But sometimes there's like also, much of the words we've been getting lately was very much... Um, we, I would call it commentary prophetic, you know. This is what God, God is kind of doing, and, uh, and this is where we're at. But there wasn't necessarily like a piercing word, like this is where God is actually commanding us to go to. This is what He has for us. This is the way we walk in it. Yeah? Are you guys with me? Yeah. Think about church for the past few months. That's, like the prophetic hasn't been that healthy. Yeah? And then Nathan actually said something where he said, you know, this is the challenge for him is last week Sunday, when, when we were worshiping, his mom came up to, to bring a word. And there was, I don't know if this is what was in his heart, but he, but he had a thought like, oh, it's my mom again. And um, she's going to share something. And then there's probably going to be uh, an Aline or a Henry or whatever that's going to share a word. And actually, we become familiar with one another. And, um, and so, oh, yeah, it's this person again. Or when you see me preaching, well, it's Hannah's preaching for the fourth time this month. Okay, it's just, it's just him again. And, uh, and what's next? What's next? And actually, we, we become familiar with one another. And, uh, and we stop recognizing the grace that God has put in people with us. And, you know, as he said it, it was like the, the light went on. He said, I think there's training that we can do, and we can train the, those of us who are prophetic to go deeper and be sharper, and we can shape certain stuff. But as a church, we actually have a responsibility. How do we receive one another? All right, you guys with me? All right, we're dump, jumping in deep here today, but are, are you okay? You guys with me? Very blank stares on your faces. And... Um, and just as he, as he mentioned it, it's like the lights went on. We actually have a responsibility towards one another. How do we receive one another? What was all the fights about in, in Acts? Okay, or most of the fights. Okay, here's Paul. They, and he's like, man, you were just this other guy killing the Christians the next day. Now you want to tell us what we are supposed to do and who do you think you are? And now they want to kill him. Have you guys picked that up? Look, that's what it was like. Just a few few years ago, we were hiding from you. Now you're preaching to us that that's the very thing you tried to kill us for. Now we need to do that. Um, who do you think you are? It happens in our day and age as well. Yeah? It happens in our hearts. Who do we think this person is now? And um, so I want to I look at a story um, about Jesus. Okay, And uh, Jesus was called uh, a Nazarene now. We, we, we've been to Nazareth, actually, no. We, you know, we've been, we, Philly and I have been to Nazareth um, three years ago. And to be very honest, nothing special about the town. There's very little happening there. Even in the Bible times, Nazareth was described as um, 
Dit is nou wat ek mooi, ek moet daar nie, lelik een grap, grapje mokkie. Wat is het, Brackenfeld, Jack? Is dat, is dat, maybe worse, it would have been the Brackpan of our time, okay? <laughs> Jack, I'm pulling Jack's leg, okay? But there was something about Nazareth that just wasn't special. There were probably a few jokes made around it. You even heard some of the disciples before they were disciples. They told him, hey, we found this guy. We think he's the Messiah. And they ask him, where's he from? They say, no, he's from Nazareth. And he's like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Okay. Well, how many of us? <laughs> Jock came out of Brackenfell. That's a win, okay? <laughs> One good thing out of Brackenfell. <laughs> I'm But um, he was called that, you know. He was from that. And it's, it's interesting I don't know, I don't, I shouldn't go down this too far, but did you know, Jesus was, there was prophecies about him that he would be, he would be living in Egypt, he would be born in Bethlehem, and he would be a Nazarene. And so actually like all those times, you know, Jesus, had, parents had to flee to Egypt. He stayed there for seven years, comes back, and then actually he couldn't live where he was, so he had to go stay in Nazareth. And it actually fulfilled all three of those prophecies for where he'd be from, by the way, which is quite cool. But you know that even, even the demons called him Jesus of Nazareth, all right? In Luke 4, it says this, in, in the synagogue, by the way, and this is, I like this, this might be out of our frame of reference sometimes, but so in the church, let's put it in our words, okay? There was a man possessed by a demon. It could happen to us, I'm just saying, okay? Um, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit, And he cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So he called him that. That's what it was called. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. So even the demons called him that, you know. How many of us say that we, we, we serve Jesus of Nazareth, you know? It's like we, we use that language. But then Matthew 13, there's this terrible portion. This is a bit into Jesus' ministry. He's got his disciples. He actually sent them out two by two. And Jesus goes back to his hometown, and, he, and Matthew 13 says, As coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. So this is now, I want to use an example, Nathan, who grew up among us, okay? And we all see, seen him grown up. Some of you seen Nate when he was a baby. Who, who saw Nate when he, when he joined this church, okay? Like, seen him when he was like this little young boy, okay? Jenna saw him, okay? He was, he was, he was in church with us. And suddenly a few years later, this guy comes back and he starts teaching. And we all like, wow. Amazed. That was their first response. Okay, like, wow, where does this come from? Okay. And they ask, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. And then they, then they start asking, isn't this Ivan's son? <laughs> okay. Isn't, isn't this a guy we, we used to know? So, so in Jesus' terms, they said, Isn't this a carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And are these, aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? They're like, hey man, his family is with us here. And, um, and next one says, aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And then he says, and they took offense at him. So how did it happen? The one moment they're hearing him speak, and it's like, oh my goodness. This is, this is like, truth. And then the next moment, try and reason out in the flesh. Well, where does this guy get this stuff from? And it turns from amazement to offense. Actually, same words, same person. They took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown, uh, in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there 
because of their lack of faith. That's a terrible verse. Some other translations say he couldn't do many miracles, many miracles among them because of their lack of faith. And um, it's actually because they were familiar with him. And it's like, no man, we know this guy. We know this guy. We know his stories. We saw him play around as a kid. We, uh, we saw what he did. And uh, he didn't even go to Bible school. <laughs> we know that. He built my table. Okay? He was, a, he was a carpenter. Okay? It's like, this is Jesus, man. And, uh, and he couldn't do many miracles there. And I read John Piper in the week. He wrote something, and he, I went to read about it. And he actually said, you know, the pride of Nazareth, with a capital P, the pride of Nazareth, the thing that should have set Nazareth apart, couldn't do much there because of the pride of Nazareth. And um, I couldn't receive him. Couldn't receive him. And um, so just a few things I want to highlight out of that that I felt the Lord speak to me. It's like initially, when we recognize grace, of, grace on someone's lives, we're amazed. It's like, wow, thank goodness we have this person with us. You know, it's like he's here. But then as we try and reason it out in the flesh, and as they start moving us, actually as God starts moving us in them, and actually says, man, move from there to here. Like, it's, it's uncomfortable. And then we're like, who are you to want to ask me to do that? And um, an amazement turns to offense. And actually, you know, was, sorry, the second thing we do is like we withhold our hearts from someone because we look in a human lens. So uh, I'm going to try and draw a picture for us where we've been now this month. You know, it's like we're speaking about what do we do in the midst, you know, what is, what is our lives. And then we said we firstly devoted to God that He should be master of our lives. And then we looked at last week devotion to one another in how we serve. And I want to take it a step further today. It's actually being devoted to one another in giving our hearts to one another and receiving one another for who we are, not just simply attending same meetings together. It's all part of the same thing. Giving our first of ourselves to the Lord and then by the will of God also to one another. And you know, that giving, and, and I want to remind us, I said this last week, there were many of you not here. I said, by the will of God, do you know that it's the will of God for you to give your heart to me? And to these guys. It's the will of God. It's the will of God for me to give my heart to you. And, and to say, I belong to you guys. That is, if you wanted to know what your purpose is in life, it's the will of God for us to do that. To be open to one another. To not withhold our hearts from one another. And, um, but when we, when we do that, it's when we try and reason out in the flesh, we start withholding our hearts for one another. And the next step is actually we get offended with, with, with those that the Lord has added to us, with grace in their lives. And when this happens, the fourth thing is suddenly miracles and signs of life and wonders among us disappear. Because Jesus can't do much among us because of lack of faith. Yes, that's terrible. Yeah. And, um, and so I didn't anticipate it to go down this, this way, and, but it felt like definitely today we actually came up against something of that. It was uh, something in the Spirit. And, um, but... Even just on, on Thursday when I asked the guys and we were assessing some of the life, I asked them, when last have we seen the demonic manifest in church? Because we just read there, there was a man in church with a demon. They're in us, guys, sometimes. Hopefully not, okay? Hopefully not always. But there's, there's demonic possession among us. And so when Jesus really arrives in power and, and we can receive him well, demons should shout out, what do you want with us? But sometimes when we become quite professional in the way that we do our meetings, demons are quite happy among us and not bothered. 
It's been, it's been a while since we've seen demonic manifestation among us. All right? It's been a while since we've seen spiritual manifestation among us. It's been a while since we've seen signs and wonders and, and actually healings happening in our meeting. And it's maybe, maybe even a step further, it's been a while since we've um, risked with that, to see that. And um, I, feel, I feel the issue is not necessarily lack of faith in terms of that we believe God can do it. But do we believe that God can do it through someone else that we know of? That's the, that's the deal breaker. And I, I also want to say that you guys know me. You know my stories. You know, you know where I've gone wrong. You know my flaws. You know, my, you know me. And, uh, and, and so that's why I say it's very humbling, I think, or, or nerve-wracking for me to preach about this today. Because like, the Bible actually says I should become the least of you guys. Uh, it's like I don't want, I'm not trying to draw attention this way today, but do we believe that God has, has built His house in a certain way and that for some funny reason God has chosen me to lead you guys with a team of guys? And, um, and that we actually, even though we're good mates with one another, it feels like I know most of Ivan's stories, okay, and I know much of him. I see him every day, okay, we play together. But can I receive, for example, the grace that's on his life that when he speaks to me, I, I, I actually healed because my heart belongs to him? And, um, and, and maybe this way, towards me. And, uh, and please hear me, when I speak about this today, it's like, not, I'm not trying to draw more attention or say, you guys need to listen to me. But actually God is busy instilling something in us again of like, that He designed the church. Those of us who read through Acts now, God designed this thing. And He chose Paul. It wasn't a man. God chose him. God chose Peter. God chose James. God chose John. He said, through these guys, I'm actually going to build into my house. And there were always those who, who got offended and those who were with. And like when you read of those where they, I read, was it um, in Thessalonica, where it says that those Jews received them well. And when they had questions, they asked rather than fought. That's incredible. And um, so I'm way off my notes. So, so please, please help me if I'm, if I'm sharing something not, not helpful. But um, I, th- I feel the Lord's finger is on this for us, you know is um, that he wants to reinstall something of that into us as a household. Are you guys with me? All right. And, um, you know, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. This is what, what John Piper said. He says, Think of what the pride of Nazareth cost the people. He says, Because he had walked their streets, he attended their weddings, he worshipped in their synagogue. Okay, He only started his ministry when he was 30, so he lived among them. Yeah? He played with some of them as a child and maybe built some of their houses and furniture. He wasn't so high and mighty. And so the high, also the mighty and merciful power of the Messiah was withheld from them. This needs to put the fear of God into us. Pride has an incredible power to blind our eyes and, um, and deaden our hearts. And there are things God won't do for us when we are proud. Is it possible that we are missing out because of something of pride in our hearts? So actually, to the key of this is like that question, well, who do you think you are? What is the core of that? Pride. Yeah? It makes that we can't receive one another well for the grace that's on us. And then James says, James 4, verse 6, it says, God opposes the proud, but He shows favor to the humble. And Piper then said this, he says, we need to fear pride more than we fear cancer. How's that? Cancer does not disqualify us from receiving the grace of God, but pride does. That's hectic. Hey? But sometimes it's, what do you fear in life the most? You know? 
I sometimes fear, if I'm honest, like I fear something happening to Mariska or Lisa. Okay? That's, at the, that's sometimes at the core of my, if I, it's like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? And it'll be that, if I'm honest. Né? What I need to fear more is my heart becoming prideful. Because that will withhold God from me. He resists that. It's not that he doesn't just so favor. He actually resists us when we're prideful, thinking we know better. It's terrible. Okay? And so maybe just before we go on, I was reminded this morning of Psalm 139, um, verse 23, where David prayed this. And he said, um, he, got, he, got this, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. And th- this is what it's real. It's like, what are the things in my heart that I'm trying to preserve? What are the, what are they, um, for those of you part of the prayer meeting this morning, we, Dylan referred to, or Steph referred to, um, Acts 27 that we read yesterday, where they had life rafts, and, uh, and they were trying to save themselves, you know, they were scared they were going to die, so they had these life rafts that they could just use. And he actually said to them, cut those ropes to those lifeboats. You need to stay with this boat. And he says, there's anxious thoughts sometimes. It's like, man, if this has to happen, I don't know if I'll make it. Yeah. And so what are those anxious thoughts? See, test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I actually feel, just before we rush on this morning, can we close our eyes quickly? And um, Lord, this is, a, this is a weighty word this morning. And um, I do need you actually, God, to, to come and reveal it in our hearts. Um, this will not just be some, simply another preach, but I, I can feel it's what you want to break through into us this morning. So we want to pray this prayer, God. Would you search us and know us, God? Test us. Know our hearts. And see if there be any wicked ways in us, God. God, if we, if we maybe became familiar with one another, and like, oh yeah, it's the carpenter's son. Oh, it's, it's this one. It's that one. We know their stories. We know where they live. We know what they do. And we actually fail to receive the grace that's on one another because of familiarity. God, I just pray with you. Would you highlight that for us right now? Maybe even one of the reasons why the prophetic ran dry among us because actually we don't receive that anymore. Well, it's just that, that person's opinion or that one. And God, we want to. We want to not. Um, uh, don't, we don't want to treat the prophetic with contempt. Like we don't want to just ignore it. We actually want to weigh it rightly when you speak to us through people. Mm. Help us, God. Help us, God. Amen. It's quite serious, man. So I, wanted, I want you to turn to the person next to you quickly. Yeah, look at them. And just say, there's a gift in you. Okay? There's, Jesus is inside of you. Okay? I want to receive the gift that's inside of you. Okay? Then turn to the person on the other side of you. And say, say to them, there's a gift inside of you. Okay? Jesus is inside of you. I want to receive the gift that's inside of you. Okay. I, I, do, I do pray that we won't just say that in, in laughing manner, but it's actually serious. It's like Jesus is inside of that person, man. Like there's, there's grace that's inside of that person. And we, we need to actually from outside say, I just want you to know I receive that from you. 
I want that. I'll tell you, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here now. But um, we, we need help with our parenting, okay? Speaking about, like, we, we need help. And so we've opened the door to some of the guys and say, actually, you know, when you see something in us, we need help. And so um, Corin came to us the other night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm throwing myself under the bus here now. And Corin picked something up that we've done, which, uh, which wasn't wise, okay? Yinna, that I, that, I, that I have a lot to say about that, okay? So I've heard her out, and the next moment I was like this, okay? And, um, and I was like, no, 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 but you don't understand. Like, I thought this through, and this is the conclusion I came to, and I actually, like, I said, I just wanted you to know, like, this is what we're going to do, and the next time that happens, we probably, and uh, ne- the next two minutes later, I had to lead the elders meeting, okay, and we were worshiping, and I, and, um, but it was that, you know, it's like, man, they have raised incredible kids, and yeah, yeah, me the next moment with my one and a half year experience, not even, okay, I've drawn a good conclusion about what I think I need to do and what's best, and, um, and I failed to receive the grace. That was on it. And I, I did this. And I, I had to say a few times, Corey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, and then I said, okay, I'll get different perspective. And all the other perspectives that I got, the guys were like, yeah, no, 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 we wouldn't do that either. Okay? And uh, so I came back even humbly, um, more humble. Okay? And I said, I'm sorry. I didn't listen well. But how often do we do that? And so you say, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, I received the grace. Great. And then when the Lord, when the Lord used that person, we're like, Oh, who are you to, to want to tell me? Okay? And it was maybe easier to spot it in a, in a, in a sense of a little one because I could see, okay, cool, they've got a longer track record than me. But then what if God uses someone else who doesn't have kids <laughs> to, to speak into me? Can I receive the grace and, and hear it rightly? Because I, I can tell you now that question will come into your heart with me leading this congregation. And, uh, and uh, I'm not... I'm saying that it's like, I'm, this, that guy's 29 years old, man. What does he know? Me? And I want to say from my side, I, I tell that to myself, what do I know? Me? So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I've got it all sorted out and you guys should just listen to me. That's not it. But do we recognize that there's grace? Okay? And I know, I know my, area, my sphere of influence, so I quickly throw the ball to these other guys that the Lord had put around me because I know this is my area that the Lord has entrusted to me, but also know that He asked me to lead us. And, um, but the devil would love to come into that and say, who does this person think he is? Yeah. Your com leader, who's 20 years younger than you. Yes. Yeah, please, jump on. Um, while Hannes was sharing now, it uh, brought back something that I had to deal with in my heart um, when we were in Richards Bay. Uh, we were in like a Benoni 412 equipped time, so all the churches came together. And our lead elder at the time, Gerrit, he was actually sharing it um, at the time. And something in my heart, like, I just couldn't receive, like, what he was sharing. I'm like, yo, like, oh, I've seen how he is, like, when he's grumpy or loses his temper. Like, I can't hear what he's saying. And then all of a sudden, like, I just thought, like, God's going to, like, kill me now or something. Because I just felt, like, the fear of God just come upon me. And I realized for, like, about seven months I was there, I had so much pride in my heart and like, it was actually like super scary. Like I was terrified that God was like going to strike me dead or something. Cause, like for the first time in my life, like I just felt the fear of God, like for being prideful. And it is such a, like what Hannes is sharing now, it's like such a big thing that can be blocking us. And it's so sneaky. Like I, I'm terrified of pride now. Like after experiencing that, like it's something we've got to be so brutal with and, and honest. And I had to share in front of the elders and you know, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like where I've put pride in my heart and God's 
like I'm still not perfect and I'm like I'm aware of it now and like able to deal with it and it's so amazing when we're able to see it and it's it's okay to share with each other with it so yeah thanks Jane yeah I want to say it happens to all of us okay I uh, I had to work something through with Henry recently when they when uh, when he made the call for Dylan and Stefan or all the elders not to come on I struggled with that I was like Man, uh, uh, how did we get to that decision, okay? And so I, uh, I actually phoned Morty and I said, okay, help me. Like, what was the reason now? I want and, and Morty actually said something to this. He, he said, I can try and explain to you what we felt, but I actually wanna, wanna, what I want to ask you is trust the apostolic grace that's on Andrew's life. And I said, okay, I'm settled. Trusted the grace. Because tomorrow, oh, I actually served with him that morning. And so we play around and we find it like, okay, well, how did you get to that? Yeah? Because we know the person. Yeah? But if I, when, we, when Mori asked me, just trust the grace that's on him, I was settled. And then actually, I was two minutes later, I could see it. I was like, whoa, okay. We, uh, we actually, this is serious what God is doing with us. All right? I'm going to read this, Matthew 10, verse 40. Jesus said this, anyone who welcomes you, welcomes me. How's that? Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, anyone who welcomes you, it's like they welcome me. Any, any of you that welcomes me, it's like you're welcoming Jesus. If you, if you welcome Ivan or whoever or the elders to, to, to speak, it's like you're welcoming Jesus. All right? That's, it's profound, actually. Okay? If you wanted to welcome Jesus in your home, receive the gifts that God placed around you. All right? Open your hearts to the gifts. Um, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So he says, like, it's actually like you're receiving Jesus and the Father. Okay? That's, how you, that's how you receive them. And it says, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And um, what is a prophet's reward? I, I think we've spoken about this before. But do you know what the prophet's reward is? It's to hear God. That's the reward. So if you welcome that, it's actually like you, you receive the gift to hear Jesus. Okay? A righteous person's reward. The Bible, Jesus said this, in Matthew 5, it says, Whoever hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be filled. So a righteous person's reward is actually to be filled with him. Right? Who of you wants to be filled? Okay? Receive the grace that God has put on others. Receive the people. Right? And if anyone gives a cup of cold water to these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. It's amazing. Yeah? I want to go a bit further of what it looks like to give ourselves actually to people. There's a story in the Bible about David, King David, and who of you have heard about the mighty men that, that was in, in, in Kings, okay? These guys were whack, okay? They, uh, the one guy fought for the whole day with a sword, defending a little field of um, a, pea, a pea patch, okay? I don't know why, there's no better word for that, okay? That's what it was, it was like lentils, okay? And, uh, and he fought till the sword was stuck in his hand, okay? He defeated a whole like army of the Philistines. And it was like these other guys did the craziest things. And then the leader of them was a guy called Amasai. Yeah? And uh, Amasai, okay? And, uh, and so they actually recognized something on David. Now David did some cool stuff, but he never, it was never written about him that he did stuff like that where he fought on his own the whole day. And then 1 Chronicles 12, verse 18, we actually says that, we read this, he says, then the Spirit, okay, I want to say again, this is the Holy Spirit that loves to do this. It's His way among us. Came on Amasai, chief of the city, and he said, we are yours, David. We are with you, 
son of Jesse, success, success to you and success to those who help you. For your God will help you. So David received them and made them leaders of his raiding bands. How's that? These guys who actually did more in many ways came to David and they said, David, we are yours. Success to you. Whatever you want us to do, we are for you. You know that even today we do that. We're supposed to do that. I, uh, when we planted Azers, I remember I, um, I, I, when I came to the place where I don't think God wants me to, send, want, wants me to move, but, but we definitely need to plant. And I, I just phoned Andrew this, the one morning. I said, bro, I just wanted to let you know, I don't feel God wants me to move. I feel I need to lead here and continue building here. But if you need me here or there or anywhere else, I'm your guy. Do with me what you want. I said, I'm yours. Success to you, bro. If you need me in the middle of Russia, I'll hate it, but I'll do it. Okay, uh, but uh, I said I, I wanted to know. I give my heart to you, like these guys did. Whatever you need, wherever you need me, I'm your guy. We we do that, you know, with one another. Actually, it's it's the spirit's way. Hebrews thirteen seventeen it says this, and I think we know this verse. And this is probably the most terrible verse that you can read in, in modern day times. Okay, but it says this: Obey your leaders and submit to them. And I, I just want to say off the back of this, okay, I'm not, I'm not drawing just attention here my way, but I want to say I live this way, okay? I'm a man under authority. I'm a man that's in submission. I'm actually in, in reverence to one another. I live like that to my team. And I, and, and I live to those who are, that are over me. And I say, the Bible says, obey your leaders and submit to the authority. And Andrew's preached this a few times. I don't know if you've heard it, but that word submission there, actually, if you, if you take the direct from the Greek, it means become paralyzed in their arms. That's a big one. Okay? It says, I give myself, and, I, 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 and this is in the church, by the way, that's New Testament. But it says, I live to you like in a way that I become paralyzed in your arms. What do you want me to do? And when, I, when you need to move me, I'm easy to move because I'm, I'm, I'm in your hands. I'm yours. It says, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give in an account. And I, I think I mentioned this last week, but I, I said we take that very serious. That even those new members that we prayed in recently, I said, man, we, it's a big deal for us that we give an account for your life one day before God. We take that very serious, okay? It says, let them do this with joy. And not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. I, uh, you know, it's one of the biggest things that I, that I tried to say to Corin after that time. Is I said, please, if you see something again, would you speak again? I'm so, I'm so sorry that I made it hard. But she, she said to me, I knew if I'm going to come in with this, it's probably going to hurt and there might be retaliation. I said, no, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be a, be a joy to lead me and give input. But now I feel like it was maybe with a bit of groaning. Okay. And uh, I said, please, would you forgive? And the next time, would you do it again? That, and, and I, from us, I want to commit that I'm going to try and make it a joy and not a burden to you. Because it's actually no advantage to any of us if, if I make it hard for you. Are you guys still with me? Is this hard to digest? Okay, you guys all right? And so this is, this is New Testament value for us. You know? If you at community were with the night that we watched a video on eldership, and... Uh, None of you. All right, there's some of you. Okay, you're like, this is wow. Okay, and, uh, and, and actually, you know, just in watching that, firstly, I think there's, for, for us, there's a, before God, every time it's a sobering thought of what the Lord is actually asking us to do. I want to say that. We don't take it lightly and like, cool, we've arrived. Now we can just do what we want. It's sobering for us. But, but how incredible was it actually also to see that this is the way that God is, is building His house. This is His idea. 
It's not man's idea. It's not Andrew's idea. It's not my idea. It's God's idea, actually, biblically. Like, this is the way that He put rank and order and structure in the church, how it should be done. Do you know that there's rank in the Trinity? They, they, they're three but one, but yet there's, there's order. Jesus said, I only, I only do what I see the Father does. Nothing out of my own will. Okay? And when the Spirit came, He said, I will only, whatever I do, I'll point to Jesus. He says, and, and Jesus said, whatever I do, if you see me, you actually see the Father. He says, well, everything I'm doing, that's pointing to Him. It's God initiates, and, and, uh, and, and Jesus did it on earth, and now the Spirit today authoritates it. That's what we always have that line, okay? And He actually gives authority today for that to be happened. But all of that actually points to God, the Father. There's authority there. It's His way in, in the church. Here's one more verse. I think Andrew alluded to that the other day. It says, Timothy 5, 17. Uh, yes, I didn't tell you one or two. Sorry. I think it's 1 Timothy 5. Um, I'll, I'll read it for you. It's one, 1 or 2 Timothy. Believe me, okay? It's in the Bible. But uh, it says here, Let the elders who rule among you, that's a strong word, okay? Rule among you, be well considered worthy of double honor. Hectic, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Funny enough, this actually speaks about money, by the way. Not that I think I don't think we did there yet, okay? But because uh, it's been abused, but um, it actually says, "Considered worthy of double honor among you." And um, yeah, big deal. It's a big deal. So I actually wonder, Philly, do, do you think you can share something off the back of that? What you shared with us on, on Thursday. You know, if I if I consider someone someone among us who's really living this way and have lived this way for a long time. It's, it's this brother among us. And uh, Phil on Thursday said something at the end of the meeting, which I thought he said at the beginning. And um, you didn't have to copy that. But maybe just something of how actually you, the, like the rank in, in church and the God, God way of it. And um, also what Russ said to me. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, no. Let me, let me try and think about that. Um, I do want to say, like, um, just this morning, like, I, I feel there's a war on. I feel it. Personally, I feel there's a war happening in the spirit, like this morning. And even for myself, as, as Hannes has been speaking, I'm like trying to come under and I'm saying like, okay, God, what is it that he's saying that's creating so much havoc? And what is it that you want me to do? And, uh, and, and he's speaking a lot about this thing of authority. And, you know, for me, the thing that is always the testing point is the difference between what I believe and what I think I believe, that journey is sometimes wide, you know, because I, th- I sit there and say, like, of course I believe it. This morning, like, listening to this stuff, like, of course I believe it. I hold it. And the only way that I kind of gauge that is when I've actually got to live it out. I think that's what James spoke about, you know, faith without works is dead, because you only discover what truth is when you step into it. Otherwise, it's just theory. It's kind of this wild kind of thought. Anyways, but... So, I mean, this morning, even thinking about that, and in, um, in 1 Peter, actually speaks about um, Jesus as being our, ch- our, our shepherd, the one that is the overseer of our souls. And he speaks about that um, even as elders, we should be shepherds. It uses the same word, prosbuteros, and it actually speaks about rank. It actually speaks about authority. It speaks about that... Um, those that would actually rule in the house of God, because there's always order in the house of God. And the thing for us, many times, we don't like that, because whenever we think about authority, our main reference point is the world, secular market. We go back there and say, well, that's what authority looks like. But in the kingdom, it's so different from that. 
I mean, think about it. As elders, we're called to be the servants and slaves of all. That's actually our heart posture. We're called to watch over the church. We're called to lead the church. We're called to step in front of the church. We're called to lay our lives down. When the wolves come, we're going to be the ones that's going to get bitten and torn to pieces. I mean, a wolf is quite a, it's quite a nasty thing if it grips hold of you. You know what I mean? It's not pleasant. And, and God speaks about his elders. We're the ones that do that. But, but having said that, that's our posture as leaders in the church. But there's still authority. There's still rank. And so as Hannes was saying about in the church, I mean, not in the church, in the Trinity, there's different roles, capacities, things that they do. In the angelic realm, it's the same. You know, you've got like angels, this level. Then you've got archangels. Who are the archangels? We knew Lucifer was one before he got cast down. We know that Gabriel's one. We know Michael's one, the warring angel, and then Gabriel, the one that speaks. And we see that in Daniel. We see about that authority coming through when God, when Daniel, this righteous man, this one that was highly esteemed. I mean, doesn't that like, when you read something about Daniel, you sit there and think, man, man, highly esteemed by the Lord. I mean, I'm like, God, I want that. I want to be highly esteemed, you know. But as he said, his, his, his face towards the Lord, you know, God released the word. An angel came. Second time when that happened, there was a delay. And, I said, and then when God actually came and brought the word, he said, why was that? It's like, well, no, I was stuck with the principalities. I couldn't get through, you know, the Prince of Persia. I had Michael come and actually break through so I could bring the word. So we see in the heavenly realm, there's authority. It's like a high court. There's things that's happening. And in this world, we've got to look at it in the church as the same. And so let's, let's move that practically. So what we believe about God we said that, is reflected this way, hey? how we live, okay? So if an elder ends up saying, I'm going to wait it one way, and if you've got any debate about it, we're happy to speak about it afterwards, very happy. We're able to talk, debate, talk it through, whatever. But if an, angel, if, if an elder ends up coming and saying, hey, listen, we're all going to move to the front, what, do you, what is your heart posture in that moment? It's like, bro, there could be a wall in front of me. I'm breaking through that to get there. Why? Because... When they speak, it says the Lord speaking to me. And if I'm not being obedient to that, I'm actually, I'm actually standing against that which God has ordained. And, you know, one of the ways, what I do kind of for a living, I studied corporate governance, finance. I've got multiple hats. I'm an, like a managing director of one company. I'm a, a, a chief financial officer of another one. I'm a chief operations officer of another one. And so, you know, I'm in charge of hundreds of millions of rands. So it's, it's what I do. And um, I remember the one time um, one of the apostolic guys was speaking and just saying, Phil, I'm concerned about what's happening within um, the, the one company and saying, hey, he's not certain. And I was like, man, listen, we are so, when it comes to compliance, like we are so over the top, you know, in terms of making sure this thing's there. From a legal, financial, we sorted, no problem. You know, and he kept on hounding, you know, just kept on speaking about this thing. And at one point I got to a point of like, listen, you know, inside I was like, just back off. You know, it's like, like you don't know the laws in the country. You don't know any of this stuff. I do. And I'm already, you know, I've got professionals around. We sorted. And I felt in the moment God speak to me and say like, Phil, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean I'm doing? I'm doing my job. You know, it's like, it's pretty rock solid. There's no kind of, you know, we've got everything and, uh, and God spoke to me and said, but you're not drawing exactly what Hannes was saying. You're not listening to the grace. What you're doing is you're taking the spiritual and you're demeaning it to the physical. All you're doing is looking here and you're not actually listening for my voice. 
And I, and I had to humble myself and say, actually, God, what are you saying? Like, and I think that's a problem for many of us, a challenge for us. When we come here, it's like we feel we know more than the person next door to us. And when it comes to the church, we feel definitely we know a lot more than our leaders. And the posture that God is speaking about, even in Hebrews 13, is that we'd come and actually say, you know more than I do. What is it? Because actually we can't compartmentalize the things of the kingdom. It can't be like, in work, I'm rock solid. My business, I know what I'm doing. I've got lots of experience. The leaders don't have that experience, so I'm not going to listen to them. But when it comes to a Sunday, I'll come in, and then I'll listen to what they've got to say, and then I'll, I'll kind of leave, and then I'll do my own thing. That's not a posture of what God is saying. Our responsibility as leaders is to lay our lives down, to, to be the servant of all. The responsibility of us as the church, as saints, towards them is to have that posture of like, you know more than I do. And actually, I'm coming, I'm yielding under, and I'm saying, it's not a physical thing, it's a supernatural thing. What is God going to say through you? Because if I can draw that grace in, I'm going to receive the blessing of it. And so for me, I'm hungering after that. I'm looking for that in business, in law, in, in whatever, in the church. I'm like, God, what is it that's there? I, I want to learn my marriage. I'm like, guys, I could have been married for like, what's it now, 19 years, 20 years. And I'm still like, I don't know. Because the thing that we're all sitting here is we might not have a demon possession, but I'm probably demon bound somewhere in my thinking, in my theology. I don't know because deception is something you cannot see. You can't see it. But it's only together that we're able to like, so I'm coming and I'm saying, like, I don't know what I'm seeing in my marriage. I don't. I don't know what I'm seeing in these, in these other areas. So please, will you help me? You know, so how's this for a practical one? The gathering, okay? How many of us, it's not a, it's not a thing. This is actually, this is love coming out here. I'm like, guys, there's blessing. We want to we wanna walk in freedom. We want to walk in grace. So, so the gathering, okay? So we had an apostolic word come out there. How many of us have gone to our elders and sat with them and said, you know what? There was this apostolic word that came out. This is kind of what I think I took out of it. What did you take out of it? What do you see in my life, how that reflects? And how do I walk that out? Because I'm under authority, one under the apostolic, and number two there. And I want to say, how do I live that out? So did any of us do that? Don't have to raise hands. Did we? Because that is, that is a revelation of authority. It's a revelation of how we see apostolic. It's a revelation of how we see how we live our own lives. Actually, I do know more, so I'll actually just deal with it myself. But actually, God has never called us to do it this way. He's always called us to do it in team. The elders can't do it without the apostolic. Deacons can't do it without the elders. Saints will never walk into their calling without this. You'll never fulfill your purpose without that because God did it. That's why even the three in one with the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all one but three. So there's three distinct personalities moving to be able to see all of this happen. We cannot do it. By ourselves, in our business, in the things that we experienced in, that's probably the weakest link for us because we, we've had experience, so we find. Or we've had pain, so we stay away. Or we like feel that we know more, and so we don't open those doors to actually get the spiritual blessing in our lives. And, you know, um, Hannes was saying, I've got a lot of these stories, actually, of where I've really messed up. But... Um, you know, uh, once, the, 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 as elders, because, I mean, the, the apostles said, actually, the apostles said the, 
direction, doctrine, and discipline of the church, actually. We, as elders, we implement that. But they're the ones that stand guard over that. And so, you know, sometimes as, as elders, we're dealing, we're ruling, we're doing all these things in the church. But the, you get to moments where you, you sometimes get into these challenges of like, actually, we don't know what to do here. And then, you, then it's like, we're like, hey, we've got the apostolic, so let's pull them in. So the guy said, Phil, you speak to them, tell them this is the situation, get their viewpoint on it. And I was like, cool. So I went and spoke to them. Again, it was, it was not a big deal. It was kind of a small thing, and we had a lot of experiences at church in it. So I was like, okay, we'll get perspective, but we're pretty rock solid on this. We kind of know what we need to do, but okay, let's get their perspective. So on behalf of Andrew, I go to Apostolic, I get their perspective. They say, hey, listen, it's not life or death, but this is kind of where we would go. So I was like, cool, thanks. And, I, and then the elders came and they said, Phil, what did the, the Apostolic say? So I said, well, they said this, but I'm kind of feeling like we could probably still do that. And then Russell said to me, and he said, like, Phil, why do you ask, why do we ask perspective from the apostolic if we're not going to do it? Why do you ask perspective if you're just going to do your own thing? So I kind of sat there and I was thinking, yeah, that's actually pretty true. Why, why do I go and I submit and heal myself if I'm going to do my own thing anyways? You know, because again, we don't, they are called to be able to watch over and to be able to make sure that the church is effectively moving forward, if I healed under that, then it's like I'm going to actually say, listen, what you say, I'm going to do. You know, this morning, the same thing. Um, Hannes was saying, hey, let's put up our hands in, in worship. And I was like, I've got Chloe moving, distracted. I've got my Bible. And I'm like, Bro, my leader has spoken. I'm putting up my hand. However the, this is working, I'm going to do it, you know. Or whatever. And I think it's that thing in our hearts. If we're not having, when our leaders are saying, guys, there's a war on, let's engage. That's like Jesus speaking. And we're like, cool, let's go for it. Like, I'm going to run even harder because actually my leader is doing it. And as I do it, there's spiritual blessing that comes upon me, through me, a grace that comes and empowers me to live out differently. And I know we're kind of sitting on this one thing. We don't like talking about it. But if we don't get this, we're going to just keep on doing the same things over and over. So gauge in your own hearts this morning, how much of a life are we living that we yielded to our leaders to get this, the spiritual blessing that's coming from the Lord to them as over, overseers over our souls? How much are we drawing on that? And how much are we drawing on just our own experience or our pain that isolates or our own pride that kind of says we know better? So actually it's not important. You know, and it's only in the practical, when we start living that out, that that gets tested, where it is what I believe, what do I think I believe. And when we find that place of, hey, actually I've realized that I actually don't believe this stuff, then it's like at that moment, don't, let the, don't feel like a failure, because guys always feel, when they feel like a failure, they, they kind of like shrink back and they defend tooth and nail to reveal to the world that they're not inadequate. You know, reality is we are inadequate. The reason we're in this place is because we're failures. We're losers. You know, that's why we're here. That's why the world is in the chaos that it is. But Jesus comes and he, and he makes our minds new and he makes us fruitful and healthy and holy. And if we stick to his pattern, we're going to do it. But if we stick to our own pattern, we're going to land up like Isaiah with the ark. We see the things of God and our good intentions, we touch that which is holy and God strikes down because he's not going to bless that which doesn't look like him. So if you want to see fruit in your life, you want to see change in your life, 
You want to see your marriages healthy. You want to see your families moving forward. You want to see in your businesses things going well. If you want to see that, who wants to see that? Hey, we're keen on that. Then let's follow the pattern of God and let's yield our lives to things. Because what he's saying is in there. Obey, submit to the leaders. Why? Because God said so. And in that place, he will sort us out when we're messing up. But let that happen rather than God's got to sort you out for not actually doing what he's asked you to do. Amen? Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Philly. Yes, that was good. Um, and I, I want to I wanna say we, we genuinely live this way. I, I want to say even, even for me, I, I'm not thinking now I lead this thing and I'm just going to do whatever you want, I want. That will be foolish. Actually, like Phil, Phil's in many ways, he's actually my boss. So we've got this weird dynamic that he's, he's over me, but in this house I'm over him. And we, we've got this thing that we do with one another. We actually submit to one another um, in reverence for the Lord. Um, because I, I'll be foolish to think like, well, now you better listen to me. Because now, I mean, that'll be dumb. And so, so we live, live this way. And I was just thinking as we were speaking now, I remember in Wellington when I was there, when I was still a student, um, the one Sunday in church, I had a, a, a barley with some, someone the, the morning before. And I come to church pretty miff, okay? And I went to sit in the back of the church. And a motorist came to me. He was an elder in the church. And he said to me, Hannes, I want you to come to the front in worship. And I said to him, not today. Okay, and he actually asked me, how can you, how can you, or how will you one day when I ask you to do something wild for the Lord and for you to run into, into battle, then choose to say yes, if, you, if I can't move you from your back seat to the front of the church. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm coming. And, uh, and so, but it's true. How will I, if, if they can't ask me to move from the back to the front on a Sunday, how will I one day then listen when, uh, when, when through the Lord they're actually asking me to go from A to B? In, in, with much more serious consequence. Same if, if, how, if I didn't learn to tithe 20 rand when I earned 200 rand, I will struggle to tithe 2,000 rand when I'm earning 20,000 rand. Same, same thing. It's like, it's like we, we need to learn those things, you know, as we, as we grow. And um, so, yes, you guys didn't see this coming for a preacher Sunday now. Um, but but, but I, I believe that God's on this this morning. Yeah? It's just like he's, he's, he's set this up for us in this way, actually, that he's, there's a wrestle for us on here. And you know the, the challenge is, I'm thinking, I'm wearing a hat this morning. I don't know if you're bugged by it. Yeah? But, but one of the biggest challenges for us in church is sometimes we wear different hats. Yeah? Is, um, I'm firstly with you guys. I'm, I'm Hannes the brother with you. That is, one of you also going through stuff also learning, probably knowing less in many ways. And I'm one of you here because I love God and we want to serve God. And I'm going to play with you, eat with you, serve together, watch movies together. I'm one of you. But then there's times where God has called me to a specific role where in a sense I put on a hat and and where I'm like, okay, now I'm actually speaking as Hannes, the the one leading you guys. But I don't, I don't do this with myself and dress different and carry myself different. I'm, I'm one of you, but I'm fulfilling a role that God has entrusted to me. And sometimes what I find where, where this gets difficult for us is we, we struggle to see the different hats that God sometimes plays on people. And now we're like, well, is this now? And Ivan had to do this quite a while. Mike Oxley often speaks to this because he even worked for Ivan. So he, he says he struggled to in the office. Is this Ivan the elder, Ivan the boss, or Ivan the friend speaking? Yeah? 
And, uh, and so he says, Ivan had to define it for him sometimes. James would be in the same way. Ivan the father-in-law, Ivan the boss. Ivan the... And, uh, and we, we have to go through that, you know, where, where we actually have to learn, okay, what is the grace that I'm currently receiving from you and how do I posture myself under this? We're in the same battle. But you know how pleasing it is to the Lord when we do that? Because actually, what is it? What is it? It's the opposite of pride. It's humility. I'm coming in low. And, um, and, and it's not like I throw my, all my opinions always out the door. I sometimes carry strong stuff. That's why I do what I do, because I, I do hear and I do carry stuff. And I'm learning in some of our meetings, even with Andrew and the guys, it's like rather, rather than making statements about stuff, I'm asking, I'm asking, hey, when you said this, this is what I heard. Is that what you want me to do about it? Because like I, I thought this, but now you, I'm hearing that. It's like, and I ask instead of saying, doom, doom, doom. We, we do that. And I think one of the ways, so if, you, if you're asking this morning, okay, great, I hear that. How do I do that? I want to say one of the, I said to one of my com guys the other, day, other night, actually, I said, one of the biggest ways that I feel someone is behind me and with me and for me is just ask questions. Like Philly, Philly said, now after the, after the um, um, gathering, like just to ask, hey, when he said that, I thought about this, what do you think? How do I help? How do I, what do, what, do, what do you see for me? How do I come alongside you? How do I, how do I do this? What do you, what do you see? Just ask questions. Ask to those, ask your comm leaders, ask your elders over those comms. Like ask some of the guys and just say, hey, I want to be on your side. What do you see for me and how do I come alongside that? Making sense? All right. And, um, and so I want to, actually, I need to land this thing quickly here. Um, but I, I want to read this, for, read this for us as we come into the landing. Romans 12 from verse 3. So it says, it says you remember Romans 12 says like, oh, who, who began it? Um, yes, now I've gone blank. Romans 12. Uh, from, uh, Romans 12 verse 1. Does anybody know it? Yes, thank you. Do not be conformed by the, by the, by the things of this world, but be renewed by, uh, by or by, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then set um, stir into flame the <laughs> gift of God that's in us. I can't remember the whole verse though. it's in there somewhere and then he goes on to say this this is Paul speaking now and he says, this is now after Acts okay he's in Rome he's being there with the guys and he's writing this he says um, uh, thank you uh, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And today actually feels like some of this is a renewing of our mind, you know, that God's doing. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. And then Paul says this, For by the grace given me, and, and that sometimes feels like even when, Paul, when, when Phil spoke this morning, it's like, by the grace given him, he actually spoke to us. Not as, not as an arrogant one who knows better or is in a different position. It's by the grace given to him. He says, to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That's hectic, okay? But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And do you know that even in the house of God, God gives different measures of faith and grace. And he says, don't think of yourself that you can cover the whole deal. I want to say, I'm not the full fivefold package to you guys. Okay, I'm a certain part, and I, I, I'm, I'm also figuring out what is the grace that God has entrusted me. That is a role that I play. That I don't step into a different role, and trying to do that because it's not been grace to me. Yeah. Just as each one of us has a one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Um, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 
do you know that we belong to one another? Bringing it back to that. But we, we do not just send, we're not one body attending the same meeting and when we get here we try and play a different part. We actually belong to one another. And we need to live in that way. We belong to one another. And I want to ask you, in conclusion, and just to think about this, have, have you given your heart to Andrew? I say maybe Andrew's wordy and some visitors or newer guys among us, I don't even know who's Andrew. Andrew planted Josh Jen, okay? He started this thing, which is now 46 congregations and 412, and he lives here in Malkos. We get to see him more often, okay? Have you given your heart to him to say, hey, I'm your guy, success to you. I'm, I'm on your side. Where you need me, I'll be, I'll be there. All right? It's a good question. Okay? I want to ask, have you given your hearts to us as your elders? And, um, and to me and to those who are with me. Do you, uh, maybe I want to ask, uh, some of the guys are away, but the elders just quickly want to stand with your wives, just so the guys can see, for those who don't know. All right? So Bori is in the States. Leanne, I think, is in Kids Church. Uh, Mike Davies is at another congregation. Okay, Carlos's wife is in London. We've got guys all over the place at the moment. Who am I missing? Uh, Grant is in Brooklyn. We, we, we need Grant back, by the way. We really need Grant back. Who am I missing else? Um, Daryl's in New Zealand. He's gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. But these, these are the, the leaders that God has... Uh, thanks, you guys can grab a seat. These are the elders in the house, in this house, that God has given to us. And, 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 and do you live in a place that your heart belongs to them? And do they know it? Do they know it? Do they feel you? Do they feel that um, you're making their job a joy and not a burden? All right. Deacons. We only got one deacon here, I think, this morning. Nate. <laughs> and Ilza. Ilza is here. And, and Dylan. Sorry, Dylan's still a deacon. Dylan, Dylan. Why don't you guys quickly stand? Okay. These are the deacons among us. Mike Radigan is in Azerfontein this morning leading worship. Brendan is in George. Henry is in sick in bed. But uh, these are your deacons that God has placed in office in the house. And and have you given your hearts to them also actually as men and women, full of the Holy Spirit, you guys can grab a seat, full of the Spirit um, that, God, that God entrusted to us in this house, you know. And then to your com leaders, right? I think we all, where's the com leaders? You guys can really stand, you know. But <laughs> all the elders again. <laughs> all right. But these, these are our community leaders. And, um, and actually what we've done from eldership side is we've entrusted authority to these guys and say, would you lead the group of sheep that we give to you guys and steward them well as if we're stewarding them? And, uh, and could you follow them like you would follow us? You know, Give your hearts and recognize grace that's on them. Well, they've also been men and women that we've tested and walking through and, and growing in. Not perfect. None of us are. We're learning. Yeah? And we, we, we actually recognize grace on one another. Um, I want to read one last verse and then we can kind of conclude. You guys have done well this morning. You guys still with me? All right. I want to read for us in Philippians 2. Probably one of my favorite portions, okay? Uh, which Paul is writing and he's, he's, he's saying in many ways, this is how the church works, okay, guys? This is, I'm writing to you guys in the Philippian church. This is how it should look like in the church. And he says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. He's basically just saying, look here, if you've met with Jesus and you've, been, you, you've felt these things before, if you, if you share in, in Him, okay, He says, um, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and of one mind. And Spanky uh, is basically saying, like, you guys, we are different. We, we, we're different parts, and we never should become the same. But actually, you know, when we're together, we do start thinking the same. We, we do have the same desires, the same passion for the church, the same, um, the same way that we carry ourselves in the church. Like, we, we become like-minded. We dream the same. We desire the same. And then he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourself. And this is actually to us, you know, as peers, as brothers. He says, when I come in here, how do I carry It's like, okay, at least I'm better than that guy, and I, I know more than him. No, 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 no. Actually, it's like we value one another more than what I value myself. Um, not looking to our own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. That's big, eh? Um... Andrew spoke about it on Wednesday night. We said, when you come, do we come to, gi- to give or do we come to receive and get my blessing, what I'm here for? I think that's why I said I now was so spot on this morning. We're not just here for another song or another blessing. We're not going through the motion this morning. But it's like, actually we come and we'll be known, sorry, about our love for one another. So do we come to love well and, and honor others among, higher than ourselves? And he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And this is how his mindset was. Who being in very nature God. He was fully God. This is, his, this is how Jesus lived. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Or ESV says to be grasped. Even though he was God. And he could have done whatever he wanted. He never considered it. He didn't grasp for it. Rather, he made himself Nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's how Jesus lived. That's hectic. Even though it was God, he became obedient to the point even where he died. And then God and Paul says, you guys should do the same thing. He says to me, you should do the same thing. Have this mind. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven or on the earth or under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, but to the glory of God the Father. If you wondered why we sing this power in the name of Jesus, or we bow at the name of Jesus, because he actually did it in this way, that he never grasped, but he humbled himself. And even though he got that name, it says it's actually all still for the glory of God. And he says, have this mind among yourselves. This is big, eh? And so I, I, I do pray that you hear this even today as I'm sharing this, that I'm definitely not trying to draw more attention this way. Actually, like Paul said, the Bible says that we, I become the least of, least of you guys. I become the servant of all. But, but spiritually... It was so evident for me this morning as we started that there's a wrestle on for this thing in this house. That do we, like Fawcett, do we even run when someone says, okay, guys, we need to come to the front. Have you made a move this morning? I just want to ask that. I'm not pointing anyone out. But have you made a move? Did your heart move this morning? I said, okay, I'm in. We're going. I don't understand always why it's tricky. I've got kids. We've got a baby that's noisy and difficult this morning. Didn't sleep well. But, but my heart is like, this is what God wants from us. This is, we're going to go for it. This is big. 
And, um, and I do feel it actually requires a response from us this morning. And um, I want us to close our eyes and just want to just pray this again. God, I'm, I'm so aware that this morning it's incredibly difficult to, to, to speak about these things. But, but I'm convinced that this is not the church that Hannes is trying to build or the church that Andrew is trying to build. But this is your house. These are your values. This, this is your Bible, your, your manual that you've given us. This is your heart for us as a church. And, uh, and we want to say yes to you this morning, God, that we want to be where you are, have this mind among us, and actually honor one another in this house. And do not become familiar with one another, but, but to be able to receive grace that you've placed among us. Open our eyes, God, to grace. And, and I, I just feel a response that we, we actually need to do before the Lord this morning. If you're aware, as we're speaking about things this morning, and you're like, yeah, I definitely don't live in this way. I actually very much have got my life in my own hands. And, and I've, there's areas where I'll trust, and there's areas where I very much have the lifeboats attached to me. And there's maybe areas where I became so familiar with these guys around myself that I don't even receive anything from one another anymore. I hear, but I, but I, I still make my own conclusion. But you can see this morning that God is on this. And you actually want to open your heart and say, um, I, I want to, God, would you help me shift again? That you can, I don't want Jesus of Nazareth to become so familiar among us that I can't, can't receive him when he comes to town. Guys, if they did it with Jesus, they'll do, we'll do it with one another. Just saying. And, um, and you want to say, God, I want to change again, that I want to receive Christ actually in people that you've placed with us. I want to ask you, if there's something of this that resonates with you this morning, and you want to just say, say to the Lord, I'm sorry, and you want to make right again, don't you want to stand? And just as an act of saying, God, I, I, I want to shift this thing. I, want to, I don't know how it will look like. I know it will be hard. I know it will be tricky, but I want to live in this way. God, help me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I just want to say, guys, that I know for many that maybe have struggled with this and are struggling with this, that this thing in the church also, I've been in a church before where this thing has been abused and, and where authority has been abused out of place and it hurt and people have used it for their own power. And man, it took me years actually to process through that. Yet, yet I'm convinced that this is the way of God. And, um, and even for you guys saying this morning, this is how we want to do it, we want to live it this way. I want to, I want to say from our side as elders, we don't take this lightly and think, great, we've got more. We, we take this serious before God and our, our responsibility is to treasure your hearts before the Lord and actually bring you into all that you're supposed to be. This is not a power play. And if you're struggling with that and thinking, or if there's hurt that's being triggered this morning, I just want you to say from our side, we want to love you into the things of God. Not demand you, not lording it over you. We want to work with your faith. That's what the Bible says. So God, I want to pray for those who are standing this morning. And if there's repentance that's happening in their heart, or even just a deeper devotion or commitment to this thing, I want to pray, God, help him. Help us, Lord, as we do this together. I just pray, may there be blessing on them for, for stepping into this um, river, actually, as it flows from the head down. That for all of us, as we step into line of your rank, I pray that there will be blessing that come to them. Lord, and even when the first little test come, and the, the first difficult conversation may become, or, or the first thing that they struggle with, God, give them grace, and give us grace to communicate well with one another. But I just pray that there will be evidence of the, the stream of life that will come to all of their hearts. That verse that says it actually brings hardened hearts if we step out of this. I pray that soft hearts, 
and a river of life will come to their hearts. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, God. Yes, God. Maybe, maybe just for those of you who are sitting and you, if you look at, I'm living in this way and, um, and I, I've done it right, but you just actually just want to stand with us and just say, God, we just want to say, as a church, we commit to this. We want to live, live out this way. You can join me in standing. And, um, there's no pressure to stand. If you're struggling with this, I want to ask you, come and chat to us afterwards. Let's chat it through. Let's reason it out. Let's process together. So this is not just to get everyone to stand. But if you want to say, we're in. Lord, I pray. I want to, you see this, God. And I want to pray that the worship in this church will come alive again because we actually understand this. I pray that the stream of the prophetic, God, will come alive again because we actually understand this and we receive one another. I pray that no one will lead worship or bring a word or thinking like, who am I to do this? And we actually look at someone bringing a word and think, who are you to share that? I pray that grace will flow to each one as we step into this. Lord, I pray that it will be when Jesus comes to town, that it may be said of us that many signs and wonders were done among us because we had humble hearts and received Him well and there was faith among us. Because we got this right. Could you do it, Lord? I pray in our communities, Lord, even though we equal with one another, I just pray, Lord, that there will be a receiving of the grace that is in one another's hearts and lives. And that our communities will come alive again with signs and wonders and miracles, healings. In Jesus' name, we want you, Lord. We want you, God. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. You guys can grab a seat. We're gonna we we're finishing. Just wondering practically for you guys as we do this. I thought the Lord remind me of a picture in the week. Um, I remember when I was at school, uh, primary school, okay, like young young. My parents would prep us before we go to church, and let's say I got twenty rand pocket money for the month, okay, which was back in the day it was a lot. But they would actually prep me, okay, ten percent of that goes to God. So my, my dad would give me change, and I would go to church with the two rand. And when that borke came past, I remember putting it in there, and it's like I came ready to give. And I, I felt the Lord remind me of that. Who I don't know if you did that when you were younger, okay, but I felt the Lord remind me of that. And he actually said, Hannes, that, that's a picture for us, you know. Sometimes we come to church and the Bible says some of us bring a song, one bring a word, one bring a dance. The, the way that he wrote that is actually says they came ready to church with that. And I, I want to stir you, you know, as we, as we go to our communities and come to church next to Sunday, it's like you have to have that preparation time beforehand and say, God, what do you want me to bring to the house this morning? Like I prepared my money. It's like, what do I bring as a gift this morning? And how do I receive then when someone else brings a gift and they step out in faith? And I'm going to come alongside that and blow uh, wind into that. But that it actually activates us as a church if we start playing our part. And, um, and to receive that from one another. So I just want to stir you, you know, practically for you as you do that as well. It's in the week, but also when you come on Sunday, bring what you have the house of God. I'm going to land with James and then we're going to conclude. You guys have done well. Sorry we've gone over time again. So just w- one more thing <laughs> before we go. I just uh, I, I received a picture in worship and it's, I believe it's a picture for us as a church and I'm really in line with everything that Hannes has been saying. And I had a picture of, of us, not just a heart, but our heart. And some of us are quite strong men and women in this church. And it just felt like some of us were holding our hearts together with a lot of strength. And guarding our hearts. And I felt that um, you had to do that because there was stone there. And you know, the Bible speaks about 
us uh, having hearts of stone and God gives us a heart of flesh. But I, I, I saw that. And as we were standing, I felt for us as a church that as we were standing and responding um, in humility to the Lord and to the word that Hannes has brought, that God was slowly just allowing us to let go of our hearts and the, the piece of stone falling off. And it's painful. The, the piece of stone fall out and your heart kind of breaks a little bit. But I saw Jesus picking up those pieces and as a part of your flesh, he's, he's putting it back into your heart. And stone is heavy, but your heart is light. And the, the heart that Jesus gives us is light. And um, I felt the scripture, in unity, God commands a blessing. And his blessing is his presence, his presence in worship, his presence in, in meetings and together. And so just to encourage us, like as we responded, as we stood, to, to really trust in the supernatural, in the spirit that God has actually helped our hearts to break, which is sore. And we might feel that as we practice, as we walk this thing out. Um, but he's going to repair our hearts with, with the flesh. So, yeah.